Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hi, I'm Ron Barr, and this is today's edition of Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast on the 8Side Network. Jeremy Affelt joins us on Sports Byline, the former pitcher for the San Francisco Giants, who won three World Series championships. He also played for the Royals, Rockies, and the Reds. Uh, Jeremy, when you have a chance to reflect back on those three championships, I'm sure you've had a chance to put it into perspective now as you've been away from it for a little bit of time. When you look back, what is it that surprised you the most about those three championships? Uh, Well, I mean, for me, it's just, uh, it's, it's just that you won three championships. You know, to be honest <laughs> with you, you, know, you don't get to win. You know, it's the most guy. I mean, I played with several guys, really awesome. I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. and uh, some pretty big time players that um, never even got to win one. So to be able to say you did get to win at least one, especially I've lost one. My very first one I lost, and your thought process is. There's no way I'm ever going to get back. It's so hard to get to one. And so when you won one, you were just super thankful and thrilled. And then next thing you know, you're, you know, rolling out with three rings. It, I mean, it's just that in and of itself. It, it really, it, there's a lot of things that have to go right. There's a lot of players that have to know how to compete in, in playoff winning situations. And we had those. 2010, 2012, 2014, that's a lot of wins uh, in a short period of time of world championships. When you think about it, what was the commonality of all three? Uh, I think uh, for me, it was, I mean, if you go with team, it's just team identity was was pretty understood. Um, You didn't have one guy kind of carrying you. You had a whole team that kind of chipped in. And, you know, sometimes you have these, these teams where you'll have, you know, you know, a, you know, a big time starter, you know, big time, couple big time hitters, but it seemed like we had all kinds of guys coming through, not just, you know, the, the main, the main nine, you know, or it, you had some bullpen guys coming up big, but then you had some bench guys that came off the bench and were just mad, you know, phenomenal. And, you know, Michael Morris, I mean, people don't talk about it. They don't, People forget, like in the World Series, but also in the National League Championship, he hit a homer uh, to tie it, and then Ishigawa hit a homer to win it to put us there. And then we get into to, to, Kent, to Kansas City in Game Seven. Morris was the guy that got the hit off the bench to to put us ahead, go ahead RBI. And we talked Bumgarner, and he's phenomenal, and he should be talked about. We talked Pablo, and we'll talk 
you know, we talk these, you know, big time, some of these big time starters that are, you know, Kane and all these guys coming in, but they're, you're even forgetting about the best guys that came off the bench and, and were producing. And that just showed a really good team identity of just not one guy, not a couple guys, the whole team had to do it. And it was really all the championship teams that everybody on the team were, was coming into play and, and doing their job. Another commonality, of course, was your manager, Bruce Bochy. I've always found chemistry an interesting word, and I'm not sure I know what it means when it comes to sports. But when you have a manager like that, what does he have to do to keep the balance for a team over that period of time and be able to win those championships? You know, I think he just he played chess uh, with the other manager. He was always ahead of, uh, of, of, of managers, and his strategy was always – communicated with the players um you know before game seven in kansas city he sat me down he said this is what i'm thinking you got to be ready to pitch you got you know knee braces you got you know you got all these different things you have to do to get ready to, to, to pitch in a ball game i need you to have those on now because i might go to you in the second i'm not going to give hudson more you know if he starts to unravel even a little bit we're pulling him he's tired he's got a long year he, he doesn't have a lot in the tank so if he's getting out he's in there if he's not getting out he's out we don't have time and he thought about all that just based on the fact where he said, I got to get the ball to bum because after that complete game, he just threw, they're saying they're thankful they don't have to see him anymore. Well, I know I want him to see him again and bum feels good. I need you to get the ball to bum. Bum's going to, you know, close it out for us and hopefully carry the rest of the game. And for me, that, that just shows he's, he's always thinking he's always not, he's not reacting necessarily to the game. He's thinking about strategy and on his gut and, and man, it is, it was so good to see how he did that, and he was so, you know, he, you know, he was he was pretty calm about it. I mean, we 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 knew when he was kind of a little anxious because we had played this all year, but but he was pretty calm in the decisions he made, and and he knew what, why he was making the decision, and he was going to be completely confident in the decision he did make that it was the best for the team, and he developed that with us, and uh, he he gained that trust with us, and we all played behind that. Jeremy, over the years of covering sports, I've often heard athletes, no matter what the sport, but particularly probably more in baseball, saying, I just want to know what my role is. And I've always found that statement to be very interesting because I don't know that at any given time a player is going to know what their role is. I mean, the game changes pitch to pitch and everything. Tell me a little bit about that statement. What are players asking when they say uh, say something like that? You know, I wanted that. I wanted to know what my role was. And it wasn't necessarily who I was facing. It was the situation in which I was going to face somebody. Uh, so if I needed to be ready, you know, hey, do I need to be ready in the fifth on? Am I a long guy? So I've got to be ready to go at the gate. Am I a setup guy? Am I a, um, am I, am I a one-inning guy? Am I going to be just used for the lefties? And all it was was mental preparation. And you know, for me, you know, uh, to know a role, the game is so difficult to do. So if you don't know what you're preparing for mentally, am I preparing for possibly two to three innings? Am I preparing for one guy? Am I, and then I just got to focus on that guy. Am I prepared? Am I pitching? Hey, you know what? In this situation, if the score looks like this and these guys are about to come up, just be ready because probably going to pitch. So that to me was important for me. Um, but that was a regular season importance to me because it's a long season. And I can't, as a reliever, I cannot be ready to pitch every single role, every single game. I won't mentally be able to make it 
through 162 games. It's very hard on us mentally. Now, when it comes to the playoffs, to me, that's different. The eighth inning could be the third inning because if there's momentum and you need to shut that momentum down and they're playing, they're going all in for like like the third or fourth inning, I got to have a guy to stop that, you know, and we'll figure it out from there because you're carrying some starters, you're carrying more starters in the bullpen than, than you ever do in the season because you're, you, you get more days off and there's shortened staff and you can, you can, you, you can rest certain guys more. So I never took a role in the playoffs. It was just kind of like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready the whole time. Cause you know, it, it's not that long and we got to be ready to go and get ready to shut these guys down. But during the season, I needed to have a role just because it was better for my preparation long-term. I've always found you very insightful to talk to about baseball. And I, I'm wondering, as you look at those three championship seasons, what was the most unique thing that most people would not know that was important to you and to the team in, in winning the championships? You know, when I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, I wasn't pitching in 2010. Uh, Bochi was sitting me a lot, and he, I felt like he should have pitched me in certain situations in Atlanta. Uh, he didn't. We gave up some homers when I thought I should be in the game, uh, and. And it almost costed us. Some I can't say it almost costed us. I mean, I could, I might not have done the job either. But I just think that there were times where he wasn't pitching me. I needed to stay fresh because I was a guy that I can't. I do better if I pitch more often. You sit me too much. I'm 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 all over the place. I'm not in a good rhythm, right? So I didn't like sitting. And so him and I got into it a couple times. I didn't pitch at all in the Atlanta series. Got pretty frustrated. Was pretty angry about it. Um, and then, you know, Philly came in and I pitched a little bit there. One game, you know, wasn't a big situation, pretty frustrated. And I sat again, I just didn't have a lot of outings. Uh, and I, I remember just being so upset in game six and, uh, he, he warmed me up early in the game for Sanchez stuff was imploding. I wanted to pitch in a game that matters and Utley uh, got hit. And I got brought into the game in a huge situation and, and basically bridged those two innings. Uh, so once again, I think it was Bumgarner that came in after me, and then we put it to Lince to come, and then it was to Wilson. And I remember when I came running in the game, it's like not only you aren't, you aren't pitching me very much, now you're pitching me after a fight because it kind of got a little, little mini brawl broke out after Utley got hit. And it's a huge situation in the game. So you're bringing me in all this stuff. Now you want me to bail you out? And I was super mad at him. And I came running in, and I just held my glove out. I didn't even look at him. He put the ball in the glove, and he left it in there a little longer than he usually does. And I looked up at him, and he said, listen, I know we're not seeing eye to eye, but I just want to let you know I've been saving you for this moment right here. You get me out of this, and we're going to go to the world championship. And it instilled so much confidence in me. And I remember, obviously, I came through, so thankfully I did come through in that situation. But – it was a big situation. I had Howard, I had Ibanez. I mean, I had, um, uh, man, uh, there was a right fielder. I, I'm, I'm, um, messing up on his name. He ended up going to the Nationals after, after Philly, but like, oh, Jason Worth. I had all these, I mean, there wasn't some Victorino. There weren't slouches that I had to face, right? And, and I remember feeling that was when I actually felt like, man, this guy cares about the game. He cares about putting you in situations that he thinks you're going to thrive, and he cares about your success. And when he puts you in a game, it's because he's 100% confident that you're going to do your job. And if he believes in you that much, I'll believe in me even more. 
And it carried with me through my career, and it carried with me especially in the playoffs where I had to pitch. I think in 2014, I pitched in every inning 2 through 10. I didn't pitch. I never pitched first inning, but I pitched in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth innings. So I knew that he was going to use me everywhere. But when he put me in, he was a hundred percent confident. That's when he needed me, and that's when he needed me to come through. And it all went back to Game Six in 2010 in Philly, and and that was so amazing for me. Jeremy Affeld is with us. We're talking some baseball. Former pitcher for the Giants, who won three World Series championships. We continue with more review and sports byline. You're listening to Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at KNIX.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Jeremy Affeld is with us here on Sports Byline, and we're talking some baseball with the former pitcher for the Giants, and when he was with the Giants, he won three World Series championships. One of the things I've always asked NASCAR drivers is that when you get into the car and you start the race, how long does it take, and what do you know about your car that maybe you didn't know before you got into the car? And I'm going to ask you the same thing from a baseball perspective, Jeremy. You come out of the bullpen, you've warmed up, can you tell what kind of stuff you're going to have and what you have to do under different circumstances? Uh, yeah, I have a pretty good idea. I'll tell you this. One of the biggest fears I had as a reliever warming up to come into the game, if all of my stuff was working in the bullpen, I actually got nervous. <laughs> because it was one of those things where it's like, I'm going to have it all down here, and I run into the game, and somehow from the 100 feet or whatever I had to run, 150 feet from the bullpen to the mound, in those eight warm-up pitches, I completely lost everything. And I had everything dialed in down there, right? There's, I had some times where I felt like that, where if I felt like I was all over the place in the bullpen, I would, uh, I, I would lock it in out there. But what I learned in my career was 
don't worry about your stuff in the pen. I, I remember when I was warming up, I would just be like, I don't care where it's at. I just need my arm speed going. Because as soon as they hit her steps in the box, my sight points narrow and my competitiveness, you know, my competitiveness will kick in. But I will tell you that based on how I was feeling on, on my fastball, it, it really was you, – you, I was always feeling pretty good. I might have been up a little bit or the release point might feel a little off from time to time. But the, the mostly thing for me is my breaking ball. I would know pretty quick on if I was snapping my curveball and releasing it at the right place pretty early, whether if I was going to be able to use that a lot or not. And uh, Buster would know it. A lot of your catchers know it because they see it come out of your hand. And you'd know if that, if that, if that, if that snap speed uh, and release point was where it needed to be. And if it wasn't, you just hope to throw a, uh, a throw one in there for a strike that was like just an okay curveball for a called strike because then all the hitters knew is that you're willing to throw it for strikes. And that puts it in the back of their head enough to I sometimes never have to throw it again. Or I wouldn't have to throw a good one. I could throw one in the dirt <laughs> and they might swing at it based on that one that I threw for a strike, right? But uh, my fastball, I usually could figure out for the most part you know how to get it back and forth throughout the inning, but the curveball, my breaking ball was the one pitch that I just was like, knew right away, this is not a good curveball day. And I would know sometimes even the, the mound, I'd walk up on the mound and I'd feel it. It felt, if it felt flat, it wasn't going to be a good curveball day. If I felt like the mound had good angle to it, and they all say bounds are supposed to be the same, but they're not. So uh, they can say that all they want. There's the, you are, I know which mounds are going to have a good curveball mound and which ones are, I'm not. And I know which ones are eh, based on how, it's, how, how it got, you know, who pitched before me or how it got used today or how maybe it got put together for the game. Eh, I don't like it. And it's probably not going to be a curveball day. Jeremy, I know the relationship between pitcher and catcher. I think it's the most important relationship on a ball club. And you had two outstanding catchers uh, with the Giants, I should say. And that was uh, Benji Molina and also Buster Posey. Tell me a little bit about what made it work between you and those two. Man, it's communication. Uh, you know, you know, Benji loved my curveball. And he was so confident in that curveball. He would call it and he, he would firmly put those fingers down and be like, dude, we're calling that curveball. It is really good. Plays off your sinker great. I got a plan for it. Trust me, we get in there. We got this. And he'd be confident in it. You know, Buster, he actually liked my sinker over my curveball. And I remember I, rem- I remember just saying, hey, man, you realize I have a curveball. And he's like, yeah, but they can't hit your sinker. So there's no difference. Like, you might as well just throw your sinker up there because the fact that uh, you can't – if I'm going to throw the sinker up there – they know it's coming. They're going to hit it right in the ground. We don't have to mess around with these curveballs and go one, two, or two, two counts. Let's just get them out in the first two pitches. And if we can do that, that's going to be better for us. And I think that's what happened. And and so I, communication with those catchers were so much better, and they were so much um, more important when it came to talking about you know the pitch selection. And it gave me confidence based on that that I just wanted to stay in that situation where um, I, I just need to know what the catcher was thinking because I could then feel 100% confident to execute pitches. Because even if the pitch wasn't in the right location, if you were convicted behind the pitch, sometimes you get away with it because it comes out of your hand differently. And so, but if I'm doubting, if I feel like my catcher's doubting me or if I don't feel like I'm on the same uh, 
uh, if I'm on the same game plan he is, and I'm, then I'm throwing pitches at, man, I don't know about this pitch, and I throw it, I'm going to hang it. I'm going to hang that curveball, or I'm going to push that fastball right over the middle of the plate. So having that communication with, um, with your catcher is super important. We've seen baseball movies where the catcher comes out to talk to a pitcher who may be struggling and says something, and we just kind of chuckle at it. Uh, catchers, do they have to really be sensitive to the, the situation to the point, or do they just go out there and try to calm the, the pitcher down? I think you got to know the pitcher. You know, you got to know what, what, what it is. For me, I needed guys to distract me. I needed guys to be able to say, you know, I needed them to come out and be like, and, and just say something weird and off the off the wall, uh, because I, I, you know, because that would keep me from over focusing, and I would tend to over focus because I would be so over analytical of my pitches. What am I doing here? And I need some guy to come out and just be like, I mean, I remember I had a pitching coach one time, uh, and I was, you know, I was a young kid in the minor leagues, and he walked up to me and he said, "Hey." You see that girl over the dugout, and I would look at. I looked over, and she just waved at me. And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I don't know. I thought you might know her. She's she's cheering for you." And then he just walked off. And I like didn't. And then I started throwing strikes, and I came in, and I was like, "What was the point of pointing that girl out over the dugout?" He's like, "Oh, I just I just told her when I point at you, wave at him." And he goes, "I was just trying to distract you. I was just trying to do." whatever I could to keep you off of baseball for that moment because you were way over-focused. And so it, it, the way it's just, I remember laughing at that thinking that works. And he's like, yeah, it does because you're, you're almost too focused and you're too analytical and you're in your own head. I just need to get out of your head real quick. And it, you know, I learned so much of those kind of things. That's what a catcher can do. Sometimes they can just walk out and be like, Hey man, I need you to hurry up because I got a dinner reservation at seven and I got to go to the steakhouse. My agent's in town. My family's in town. You're wasting time. Uh, this game doesn't need to go on forever. And, and not talking about anything about what I'm doing, just what I got to do after the game, you know, and, and catchers know different pitchers and they know if they can talk to them like that or not. Uh, a relationship with them is very, very important, especially for the psychology of the game. The other thing I've always been fascinated in, and we don't have too much time to talk about it, but uh, that is I watch the catcher behind the home plate look at the batter in the batter's box. It's like he's trying to read something. What is he looking for in that batter? Man, like he'll look at foot placement uh, because hitters tend to scoot up in the box when they think a breaking ball is coming because they got to catch that breaking ball out in front. If they scoot back in the box, they might be looking for a heater and they're trying to let the ball travel because they're trying to hit it to a certain part of the ballpark. If they're scooting up, like towards the plate or away from the plate, looking for, you know, location, um, they're looking sometimes, they, they, like some guys will look at feet and then they look at their eyes, see if they're cheating. Because a lot of those guys, when they wear sunglasses, you can't tell if they're peeking at location or, or pitch selection. So they look for all of those things. And because and, and, it helps them understand the game that they're trying to call or maybe the pitch selection and, and reading the hitter and see what's in that hitter's head, uh, they'll sometimes tip what they're looking for. It's very interesting. Is there any one thing that you uh, looked for when you were on the mound at the batter? Uh, sometimes I could see if they scooted up in the box or not or got closer. Not always. Uh, I did look at uh, sometimes it was swing path, right? It was how the ball was being fouled off. Uh, like if, if it was getting fouled straight back, you know, a lot of times I, I, I felt like he was a little more on the pitch. Uh, or, or, you know, if, he, if it fouled straight back. If he's kind of 
Fallon, you know, up away from him. I think he's behind on the ball a little bit, and he's underneath it, you know, trying to trying to lift. Uh, so I would want to kind of get the ball a little lower, stuff like that. I I, I tried to read that more than anything in uh, in those things, but a lot of, I couldn't see always foot placement, but I could see bat pad, bat path, or bat swing to see what he was looking for, or what he wasn't on. Jeremy, as always, another interesting, insightful talk with you about life and about baseball as well. You know you're welcome here on Sports Byline anytime. Please come back again. Thank you, sir. appreciate that. Jeremy Affeld, again, former pitcher for the San Francisco Giants, who has won three World Series championships, 2010, 2012, 2014. Also played for the Royals, Rockies, and the Reds. And he was an Air Force kid. And having been an Air Force kid myself, I know what that's like. You, you move around a lot. And Affeld and his father would frequently attend Oakland Athletics games. And he enjoyed watching Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, and Dave Stewart. And uh, he broke in in 2002. He made his Major League debut on April the 6th against the Chicago White Sox. We continue across the country and around the world. We've got you on Sports Byline. You have been listening to Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast on the 8Side Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.